in the world is good everybody thank you all for tuning in to man to man the nba show with your boy andy elliott alongside your co-host liam the hoop star nice. hey mr hoop star what up guys thank you all for tuning in where we create a conversation between i don't know modern day dating world typical couch conversation little bit of basketball but this episode is gonna be a lot of bit of basketball hoop right Shout out to uh, the NBA playoffs that are starting right now. But before we get into that, quick shout out to last week's episode, Jed Wyatt, singer and songwriter, but, you know, low key, the winner of the Bachelorette and, you know, everything else that happened with that. Uh, It was fun having Jed on and talking about that. I think the funniest thing was when we asked him if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would he say? He didn't do it. And so he had the new podcast that he just created called Jed Talks that was going to be in the works. He was going to start that in January. I think hoop. And now it's actually a thing. And so that first episode, he interviewed somebody, but the first 15 minutes, he explained that he pretty much didn't do it, but he didn't really go into too much depth. I don't know. He was going to get sued by the batch. That's just when, you know, don't go on a reality TV when you're signing a bunch of contracts, probably not going to do it myself, but shout out to Jed. We appreciate him uh, coming on our show and, and checking it out and chatting with us this week. Basketball. Like I said, we have titled this episode On the Road to Glory Hoop, and we ain't talking no hole. We talking some ball. We've been waiting for it all summer, or uh, yeah, I guess it's going to be summertime, all spring here, and the anticipation is no longer here. We're excited to start talking about the playoffs, but before we take a deep dive into it, a little bit of weekend vibes, Hoop. I'll ask you, you got anything on the, over the weekend? It is Sunday night here. For me, not, not terribly, like, a lot of things going on, uh, just working. Uh, sleeping, and uh, eating. I know your weekend was a a little bit different than that. (laughs) If you haven't checked out the (laughs) behind the scenes, go ahead, check that out. That's a funny one. Uh, But I think I'm going to leave it here with you saying, what was your weekend like, man? What's good with it? (laughs) I mean, it was a typical weekend. Hey, you know, no typical weekend. Hey, no. Say that right now. Ain't no typical weekend over here down here in Nashville. I can ask you, you're going to come to Nashville soon, doing you in Indianapolis. I want you to have a typical twas weekend is what we like to call it down here. It's Nashville, dude. Everybody's here. Um, you know, I went to the, uh, the sounds game, the minor league team. We went to the sounds game last weekend. Very fun time. Obviously the restrictions have all been released here in Nashville. Go get vaccinated. Go, you know, pretty much go back to a normal life here. So we went to the sounds game. Went with Bobbitt, went with Nay, a couple other boys. And I think the funniest part was that we saw a couple of friends, these two ladies that we know. And obviously, you know, they asking for some shots. I said, Bob's, I ain't got it on me. I ain't got the plastic ready for tonight. <laughs> That's <laughs> on you, my guy. And so that was a good time. We got some shots, got some dream sickles, and then went back to their seats or something like that and just kind of hung out for an inning or two. Next thing we know, which I appreciate, whatever I'm about to say right here, I appreciate because this is a kind gesture of ghosting. They go to the bathroom and they pretty much just text us and say, hey, we'll meet you later on tonight. So I I was cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) But Bobbitt was pissed. I'm with Bobbitt, bro. Come on, you can't just get up talking about you going to go to the bathroom. At least say, hey, we're going to dip out. You know, what what, what kind of ghost is that, man? I appreciate the gesture, man. I really do. But, like, they were cool. I get it. They were kicking it. They were 
I mean, I'm not going to lie, dude. They were low-key, high-key out of our league. And so, you know, one of the chicks is like an American model singer on, I don't know, Idol, whatever that show is called. And the other one is like a professional softball, volleyball player, like both sports, dog. I can't compete with that. So I don't know. That's what happened. We walked away, went to go hang out with the boys again. And then Bob, was very furious. I don't know. I was cool with it. But then we end up on, you know, Broadway that night. And I mean, I didn't pass out. It's like 5 a.m. I got that addictive personality where we're all just hanging out like 3 a.m., dude. And another Bud Light. Yeah, I guess so, dude. I don't know what it's going to do to me at 3 a.m., but I guess so. So that's pretty much what happened. Saturday, walk into work, feeling a little bit weird, feeling like a zombie, but that was about it. And then Sunday, we're here watching we, basketball. We made it to Sunday. Shout out to Sundays. I like Sundays. Actually, I want to shout this out real quick, too, though. This is the first weekend, I think, that we've had this many sports on television in a while. I think it's been a couple of years now that we have PGA Championship a full mm-hmm. slate of hockey playoff games, a full slate of NBA playoff games, and we have a whole slate of day and night games of baseball. So, right. I mean, that's four, four sports right there. It's like, holy hell, like, what am I supposed to watch? Obviously, Shout out to the Preds. Yeah, doing good. I, they have a chance to make the – yeah. Make a, a good good little Stanley Cup run if they hold it together, right? And this is the thing about the Hurricanes playing the, the Nashville Preds is a, a lot of mock drafts, they had the – those experts had the Hurricanes winning it all is what I've been told. And we're not that good this year. We barely made it into the playoffs, and I think we're playing like the biggest team, right, in the playoffs. We're coming back on it. Both double overtime wins too. Um, yeah, that I mean, that's just cool. And when, when, when the Preds are, you know, in the playoffs in Nashville – it's a total vibe and it's just going to be until then, but a lot of, yeah, a lot of hockey, a lot of everything going on right now. Um, and that's pretty much it, but I guess we're going to talk about some basketball for the rest of the episode here. So if you guys don't like basketball, I guess get the fuck out <laughs> just saying right now, we're going to break it all down here for the rest of the episode. So that's just a, a fair warning right there. Yeah. Appreciate gonna... you listening until this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Shout out to the first like five minutes of this one. We'll, we'll see you next week when we got to, yeah. <laughs> another guest on but for the rest of this one we're gonna we're gonna throw it back to to the original roots here with that original roots we're gonna have a trivia question of the week uh have a little fan interaction here for you guys so mm-hmm. i guess in light of the nba starting i want to ask this week's trivia question and it goes like this what date was the nba as a league founded i need the month the day, the year, what do you got? <laughs> you got a guess? For and we're me? not, and we're not, we're not talking ABA here, are we? No, we're talking official NBA as official a- Jerry West NBA. Okay, yes, that's got to be like high sixties or low seventies. No, uh, it's a little earlier than that, big dog. Mid fifties. You're getting closer. Okay, give me a hint. What's the hint? I'm gonna give. It's in the forties. How about that? It's in the forties. Yeah, that's and. A, that's a, and the, month, hit. and the month is coming up. I, I pretty much just gave you. Yeah, you did. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go old school Michael Jordan, number 45. And very, very close. Okay. It, can I try the month? <laughs> go ahead. Get the month in there. June. There you go. On the, on the verge of getting that question right. But uh, let's talk about these uh, this basketball playoffs. I guess we got to start with the uh, the playing game, right? Yeah, uh, and, I think 
Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I loved watching the play-in game. I know those guys didn't like it. They asked Steph Curry if he liked it or not, and, and they said, well, what do you like about the play-in game if you had to like one thing about it? And he said the opportunity, right? That being said, top three MVP candidate this year, it's barely happened before. I, I saw something. I don't know what it's – I forgot what it said. But, yeah, Steph Curry made history of being in a top three MVP candidate but not making the NBA playoffs. That game against the Lakers was one of the best games that I've ever seen. I have like a that. question though. I have a question. Isn't can't you consider the play-in game part of the playoffs? I think that was a big debate. I've, I've right, had right. With a couple of people. Isn't the play-in games a part of the playoffs? Like, why is it not part of the playoffs? It is. Well, it's technically considered the postseason. Right. Not on all paper. The, That's what it is on paper. Not all the other teams are playing in this play-in game. So why the fuck is this not part of the? I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I still don't like it. You talked about how you hated it. LeBron obviously doesn't like it. Yeah, listen to LeBron maybe a little bit. I don't know if they'll do it, but Warriors. I kind of want to shout them out. They did finish eight or they finished ninth, right? Correct. And so <clears throat> I don't know, man. I think Memphis when when Memphis just they they were hot. They had to win a couple big games right there back to back, and you know now they're facing Utah. But again, with Steph Curry and everything else. I think Draymond said it after a post-game presser. You know, he's he's saying they're very far away from winning a championship again because in order to win a championship, we have to be in the playoffs is what he said. So we're clearly a ways away. A few tweaks here and there, we're not that far. But right now, we're a ways away because we're not in the playoffs. Right. I don't know if that's true because, I mean, you got to look at what the Warriors are as a team right now. I think that's the biggest thing. Thing my, One of my key points of the, the Warriors – kind of season this year was it was a lot better than anybody expected knowing that clay thompson was out i think we that's where the conversation has to start you know clay thompson is out for the year the everybody in the in their moms are talking about hey the playoffs are are no not even in the in sight for the the warriors they're going to finish again right. very bottom of the year uh, or bottom of the the uh, standings again for a second year, get another good draft pick and mm-hmm. work again tomorrow or next season. So it's like when that is your what everybody thought was going to happen, and then you're get two shots at trying to make the playoffs and finish the season. I think they won ten of the last twelve. Only had to win one. Only had to win one too. Yeah, and I think that's even more impressive. Both of the games were close. They both had options of getting it done, ball didn't bounce their way in either one of them, and you got two two shots. You know, you ask anybody, like, hey, would you, you know, one free throw to save save your life, would you do it? They'd be like, hell yeah. Say you miss the, the, the first one, and then they're like, psych, you get another shot, here's the second free throw, and it just doesn't go in. That's kind of what right. I think for the Warriors season, kind of. I mean, you got an extra shot at it, too, and you were damn near – right there right yeah i mean you touched up on it too obviously injuries and when you think about the warriors it's uh they had a a super franchise team and who knows if they can get to that point obviously not a super franchise but who knows if they can win a championship here in the next three years they i mean they had a phenomenal season though for so many players being out right you know clay obviously with that acl in his left knee in the 2019 2020 season and then right achilles tendon right before the season started um, James Wiseman, right? He could, he didn't play tournament meniscus in his right knee. Kelly Oubre was out with the wrist. He's been out since April 27th, missing that last month of the season. 
And then Eric Paschello just sidelined. I mean, I know those guys aren't really huge, big names when we're talking about the Golden State Warriors, but those guys helped them get to that 39-33 season going into that ninth, ninth seed, trying to make an eighth seed run. And they had one chance to do it. Steph Curry lighting up 40. If he could get 20 points from Klay Thompson next year or even a Draymond who was healthy this year, then maybe that could have happened. But I don't know if the Warriors win another championship here. I think you, at least I, in the next three years, I don't even see a, a five champion or like a five years and winning a championship or even coming close anymore. I think you you nailed it on the head when you said these these guys that have been hurt aren't the the big name superstars. Uh, I mean, case in point, I mean, just take Clay out of it because he definitely is a superstar. But these right. other guys you mentioned, like Wiseman and Ubre, those are the pieces that the Warriors will use in the future to surround themselves with a full and healthy team of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. So that that you can't discredit what they have done. A, Wiseman is very young, so you have to keep that in note. And for a young player to get hurt, it will take them another couple of years. But I, I disagree with your initial thing of it will take them three years to win a championship. I think they'll compete for a championship in the next couple of years, for sure, and the next five. Will they win it? Obviously, it depends on what else shakes through the league, but they're going to be a favorite next year when they're all healthy and ready to go and, you know, got other pieces. Maybe they'll move Andrew Wiggins around or something like right. that. But I think they'll right back to competing at that high level once they get healthy. Is that not? Well, I think that, you know, that's fair to say. And, and obviously they're very optimistic about that whole situation. When Clay says that his best basketball lies ahead, you know, that might be a scary thing to hear from a guy like that. And James Wiseman will continue to improve. He played phenomenally this season and started as their big center. Right. And also they have the number 17th pick in this upcoming NBA draft and a top three protected pick from the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, yeah, I can definitely see it's fair. But with LeBron being in the West, and I know I know the Lakers might be a little bit vulnerable right now, but you still can't count out teams like the Jazz, you know, teams like the Nuggets with a healthy Jamal Murray. So it's just it's it's all wide open, and that's why we love talking about it. Right. Um, <clears throat> let's break it down though. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell you my series to watch, Hoop, and I'm gonna stop recording on my phone as well here. <laughs> um, that's 15 minutes already deep. But my series here to watch, and we talked about it last week, is this Bucks versus the Heat, you know, and obviously the turntables have turned a little bit with the Bucks being favored, I think like a minus 500 now. And I don't know if there's any tension between these two teams because the series was such a blowout last year. But needless to say, Giannis and the Bucks are coming with a little bit of vengeance. And we saw that. What do you think about this whole series? For me, I don't know. I, I like it just because this is kind of the proving year for the Heat. We've mentioned about the Heat had an easier route, I would say, to the finals because of the bubble, and they didn't have to go onto the road and beat these big dog, you know, big name teams like the Celtics. I know you've mentioned before, like they didn't have to do that and go into Madison Square Garden and win games. Same with like the Bucks; they didn't have to go into Milwaukee. Case in point, um, like you know, we see just a couple of days ago now, and the 76ers, These are all the the you know top heavy teams and they didn't have to do that in the bubble. So I am, I'm encouraged to see where and how good the heat are this year when they have to travel. Um, right. Because that does make it obviously a, make a difference 
in how a series, you know, plays itself out. So this is the, the real test of how good they were. And was it a fluke that they got to the finals? Right. Is that right. safe to yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, that's fair to say. And you talk about attendance, and that was my biggest thing, obviously, last year. The biggest difference in these playoffs with every single team is these the bigger crowds, right? Uh, Milwaukee, that game had the largest attendance for a Milwaukee home game this season. The Milwaukee Health Department's, I'm just reading it right here, revised pandemic-imposed guidelines enable the Bucks to fill 50% of that their seats, you know, this season resulting in crowds of uh, about 9,000 people. And then, you know, that game, the Bucks had closed the regular season playing home games at 18% capacity or roughly 3,300 fans. So that's that just says it right there. And they have all the fans outside the arena, too. They have a huge fan base. And then crowds will get even bigger when the series moves to Miami for game three because it's Florida we're talking about here. And the Heat announced actually on Saturday of last week that they could have as many as 17,000 fans for their home playoff games. And so we talk about the Heat, you know, they can't beat these teams that have, you know, when they're playing away games, but they're ready to back it up with their own fans too. So that was my biggest thing with the Heat. Obviously, you know, we saw the game, you know, Butler takes Giannis on a drive and, you know, hits a a game tying, you know, score to go into overtime. Chris Middleton is just Chris Middleton, dude. I think he was hurt a little bit last year as well, right? You had the whole ACL thing, right? Middleton? Was it Middleton or who was on the Bucks that was pretty much hurt for that second half of the season? Uh, no, Middleton. I'm pretty sure Middleton was in there, right? I'm thinking of somebody else then, maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Chris Middleton does what he does. He's an all-star for a reason. And then, yeah, even last year, Goran Dragic is, you know, said the pressure is, you know, pretty much on the Milwaukee Bucks. But now I believe a lot of that pressure is on the Heat this year in the series. So that is, that's why it's my series to watch because anything can happen in any game. Right. I like that. I do want to shout out one thing that I think that the Miami Heat definitely keyed in on was Giannis shooting free throws. I think that's a big talk right now of something that we have to at least bring up because he did, you know, he he actually committed a free throw violation. I don't think I've ever seen that in terms of how many seconds you get, how many seconds you get to shoot it. And I want to ask you, I don't know if you know, Another trivia question, part two, maybe for this episode. How many seconds do you get to shoot your free throws? I thought it was 10, but I saw you write it's 12, right? It's 12 seconds. Yes, 12 seconds. And they were on ESPN over the weekend. They were showing these clips of how long Giannis takes to shoot his actual free throw once he gets the Mm -hmm. ball. And they were showing some of the clips were up to like 17 seconds where he just is in his routine to actually shoot the ball. And I think the Heat's coaching staff or somebody <laughs> had to say, hey, watch out, make sure you're counting on his free throws because right. he's taken way too long. And, hey, he got popped for it, and it ultimately cost him. And Giannis just needs to be better shooting the down the stretch of free throws in the late game situation, right? Especially the yeah. playoff. Yeah, I totally agree. And that was, that was what I was thinking at the very end of the game. But you can't forget that Giannis had something with his elbow right there and he's wearing a sleeve. But yeah, it, that was kind of bizarre to me to see. And the percentage when you compare them to was heat was almost at an 80% from the free throw line and the Bucks were 62%. So right. I don't know. That's, I mean, that plays it a big part because they almost had 40 free throws on each team. And then, you can look at free throws. You can look at three-point percentage. I mean, Heat had 40%. The Bucks shot a whopping 16% from beyond the arc. 
that ain't going to do it. And you got Duncan Robinson over here scoring 24 points, shooting seven of 13 from three point range. Then yeah, field goal percentage is pretty much they wrote that 40, but we'll see what happens because the heat can show that they can still beat this team very likely. So if you guys are betting on it and you guys made a lot of money last year, because the heat were never favored in any of the games, maybe touch them again. Right. I like this. I like it. I think it's going to be a good series. We did see Milwaukee Bucks take the one Oh lead on Chris Middleton's, you know, final shot game one or game two is uh Monday night in Milwaukee again. So we'll see how that, you know, turns out to be, but I got to switch over to my series to watch. I got my favorite. One of my favorite teams to watch are the Dallas Mavericks. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're so underrated. The record does not show it, but this is my series Clippers Mavericks. We see the Mavericks lose to the Clippers last year, four to two um, in the first round. That was the first time that they've been in the playoffs for, I think it was like six years or so. I, I might be off on that, but we see Mavericks take care of game one. They stole the game on yep. the road, went into Staples center, got the job done. So I think this is my series to watch just because I like how well Luca is growing into a superstar in the NBA. I think he's going to be the face of yeah. the NBA could be for the next, you know, in the next four to five years, just once LeBron's legacy kind of dies out and he gets to his retirement stage, Luca is showing that he is the one. So I think this has to be one of those games that you got to watch, right? I think it's just the fact in the matter of PG-13 or playoff pandemic P is going to show up. Kawhi's there. I mean, those guys, Kawhi's a little bit more cons- more consistent than PG-13 is. But again, when we're talking about pieces with the Warriors, you need those other three guys. There's no I in team unless I'm Kobe, motherfucker. So Luka, 31 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. He's talking wet to Pat Bev, way too small, carrying him like a baby. And then, but actually, I mean, they, they just didn't play defense. The Clippers just in this game particularly didn't play defense until the fourth quarter on Luka Doncic. Luka had one point in the fourth quarter, and that was off a free throw. The Clippers gave up 68 points to four other players besides Doncic, and that just means, case in point, that they have those other key pieces, like a Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith. Finney they Those guys both made five three-pointers each, and it's because they just ended up double-teaming Luka. So those guys, Luka has help. Kristaps is there putting up 14, and that's who you need, and those guys are pretty much spot-up shooters. They can do it, too. So if they continue to perform, or if they can even continue to get open good looks, I, I think that's a win in in, uh, in Dallas's book. Right. I think obviously the Clippers. We always talk about the Clippers are talking about, hey, they never show up in the playoffs. Like you mentioned, playoff P. He's just bad in the playoffs. He's, I mean, he's bad, unbelievably bad, and it really only rests on his shoulders. Uh, because he's a prolific shooter and score in the regular season, but it just doesn't translate to the playoffs. And the last time that Paul George was actually in the playoffs was back in 2013 or back in the conference finals was back in 2013 with our Indiana Pacers. And I think that is like where he has to, they have to get to, they have to get to the Western conference finals or Mm -hmm. something has to change. I think Paul George is going to move on. Kawhi is going to ask for a trade. Because obviously this little duo is not working. For the last two right. years, you get bounced to a team that you shouldn't get bounced to um, with them getting bounced by the Nuggets last year. This year, if they get bounced by the Mavericks, not taken away from the Mavericks because I do love the Mavericks and how they play, and I think they're hungry this year, something will change if 
they don't get past and into the Western Conference Finals. That's my my biggest take. We talk about last year, one of the biggest problems that the Clippers had was not having that true point guard, right? right? And you can say that Pat Bev is a true point guard. I, I'll, I don't know. I'll take him as a true point guard. But when you think about a true point guard, it's really facilitating, be a role player. But it would be nice if he had a shot to him. And that's why, I mean, that's what this league is. Steph Curry, shooter, other guys, real holiday shooters. Maybe that's not what they even shooter, they, they just don't, a, 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 a guy who score. can shoot the ball. I mean, I wouldn't even take, I mean, Westbrook is a true point guard, but he can't shoot. So I don't like Westbrook as a point guard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like him as a facilitator. And that's why he gets so many assists. Rondo, a guy who I loved on the Lakers because he played that role player. But again, not a true point guard to what it, ha- I guess I'm saying it like this. You need a point guard on that team, the Clippers team, to, yeah, pass Kawhi and Paul George the ball and, yes, take it in and do a little dish-dash to the corner or whatever. But you also need a guy who can get a pass from those other guys when they're getting double-teamed and and make a damn three-pointer. And right. I get they can do that. They're NBA players. I get that. But when you when you look at Rajon Rondo and Pat Bev's name, it doesn't you don't really get that many points they, out of their names. That, I, I think you're – you're, you're, you're putting it in the, the spot of they have to be able to change the defense of scheme from the opponent in terms of, hey, we can't just leave Rondo open for a three because he'll knock it down. And I think that's right. where some of the points from Rondo is defenders don't know if he's going to shoot. They don't. They have like this middle ground of like, hey, we'll kind of let you shoot, but we also got to get back into the paint in case you get into the paint. And that's like where we'll you, give you two or three. And then if you start hitting them consecutively, but if you ain't even hitting two consecutively, probably you're just going to lay back on you. Right. And that's, that's where the, the Clippers need of, of a point guard to be able to change defensive schemes. So I like that for sure. So we'll see, we'll see the Clippers Mavericks got game one. See if the Clippers can come back on Monday again. And let's talk and, about uh, a real point guard here. Who? <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. What, what, who was your real point guard? <laughs> My guy, Damian Lillard. And I've been wanting to talk about this this series right here. And obviously, I get, you know, the Nuggets are short-manned and everything else. But Blazers, Nuggets. You can say Dame stole one. You know, Blazers stole one, whatever. They played a hell of a game. Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent Jr. was in there, maybe. I don't know. Is he hurt? Maybe him. I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, Colum, it's Colum who I'm thinking of. But it's Dame time, dude. Unfortunately, the Blazers got the the shit into the stick last year when they played, you know, the number one number one seed juggernaut team, the Lakers. And even though they won that first game against the Lakers, they still it was still a blowout. No one really wanted to watch the rest of the season when they were down three one, but or the series when they were down three one. But they're now against, like I said, an undermanned Denver Nuggets team, and that just makes it even sweeter for the Blazers to create this momentum and confidence going into the next series, which I see them winning this series pretty easily. Um, You know, Dame's coming in with 34 and 13. Obviously, Blazers held Jokic to only one assist in this game, and this guy averages about nine assists per game. Blazers outscored the Nuggets by 24 points from beyond the arc, and then Colin, 21 points, Melo, 18. You got other guys like that. Melo's Hall of Fame status and his presence on the floor is why he's still in the – why he's – still on the Blazers, why he should have been in the NBA. He should have never gotten out of the NBA because every team can use a player like that. It's going to take him a far away with Melo being on that team right now. Right. And I'm going to, I'm agree with pretty much everything you say. I'm going to call this an upset series just because the Nuggets, they're not with 
Jamal Murray, that was a big crucial part of their offense, you know. So that, yes, I'm going to call it an upset series, but it's not an upset series just because Dame, he's he's too much. He He's coming off screens, fully jump-stopping and saying, let me go to work, pop in a three. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good test. Obviously, the Blazers – like you said, kind of got a shitty end of the stick last year. Didn't get much of respect on their name. But I might have a hot take here. I think the Blazers could be like the Heat last year. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I think possibly because of the Lakers, I think they'll get past the Suns. We'll talk about that matchup in a little bit. But I think they could make a run at the Lakers. Okay, talking about getting past the Suns, huh? (laughs) I'm just saying – I think the Blazers that might be another hot take too. <laughs> I think this. I think these Blazers could put some together. And Dame is hungry. If he gets one series win, get out of the first round. He's feeling good. He's feeling hot, and he's just in rhythm. This is. I mean, this is going to be a scary team. I wouldn't want to be faced up against these Blazers, even though on paper it might look easier for you know a LeBron James or I guess in your case like a Chris Paul, and just in case. But I would say Damian Lillard is going to give you everything he's got every single night. So I think it's game time, dude. He's been there before, and I've heard him talk about it in interviews. He's just like, I'm going to get my time. You know, I've I've sent teams out of the playoffs first-handedly, and I'm going to get my time. Like, I've been there. You know what I'm saying? And I think another key component that we have to point out in this particular game, too, is every time – the Trailblazers made a run. It was because they didn't allow the Nuggets to have those second and third shot opportunities. If they can do that, get out to a run, that's their day. That's their game. You know, they rebound, they go mellow. Give me that shit. I'm throwing it out to the outlet. Go to Dame one dribble two to call in the corner. Somebody's posting up. That's what they do when they make runs 24 points from beyond the arc. And they're outscoring them like that. It's Dame time. So We'll see what happens. Another kind of like little funny shits and giggles was Jamal Murray was a big coach on the sideline and him and Zach Collins are flicking each other off, dude. I don't know if you saw that or not, but he's. I, I love that Jamal Murray's is on the, he's pretty much a coach in that series. He's right next yeah. to the coaches and all of that. I like it. I think if it would fire me up, if I saw my guy kind of hobbling out there being yeah. like, let's fucking go after any big play and they're coming to the bench. So good for him on that. But, I like the beef. You know I'm a beef guy. I'm, 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 I'm with it, dude. I'm with it. And I think this series, I think, yeah, sure, I think the Nuggets can can get a game or two maybe because they still got potentially the MVP in Jokic. But I don't know, man. MPJ, Aaron Gordon, Barton, they're still there. You know, you can't just put this team past them. Like I said, I think they win this series, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made this a tough one. Go to game six. Yeah, let's talk about another series that's kind of a little more lopsided, in my eyes at least, the Grizzlies and the Jazz. I don't think that the Grizzlies, I'm just going to put it out there, I don't think the Grizzlies have a chance in this series. I think, I just don't see it. I think the the Grizzlies are too young almost. And call me crazy, but I'm going to get my Charles Barkley on. I might have to go upstairs real quick and grab the broom because they're going to sweep them in this series. I think... um, Grizzlies obviously might snag a game. We're unfortunately not able to know the outcome of game one because we're recording during it pretty much. But I think this is the biggest series, lopsided series um, in the in the playoffs, at least for the first round. 
And it's all due to, I just think John Morant is not experienced enough to handle such a veteran kind of team in the Jazz, if that makes sense to you. I think the Grizzlies could actually steal game one here. (laughs) And here's why. I don't think, when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies in their past two games, right? They had to win both of those games. They have momentum going. The Utah Jazz haven't really played anyone in over a month. That's why Donovan Mitchell's been out over a month because he's taking his time and he's resting himself. They're really good. Don't get me wrong. I get that. They're right behind the Suns and whatnot. Um, or they're first, right? They're fucking right. first playing the seed. Um, but yeah, Mitchell being out, dude, I get it. When they've played the Memphis Grizzlies this season, Mitchell's average, what, like a 35 point game, 77% shooting, you know, six and a half assists. We six and a half assists. We can say we can sit here all night long and talk about how good Donovan Mitchell is. But interesting thing here, two of the Grizzlies jazz meetings this season were decided by four or less points. So I'm thinking if Mitchell hasn't played in 16 games, if he's less than 100% going out there and not getting buckets, I think Memphis could, Memphis could easily steal game one right here. See, that's the thing. I think talking about little injuries, Jackson Jr. for the Memphis Grizzlies, he's been battling injuries all year, and it's not going to be enough for Ja just to go out there and do his thing. Like we kind of saw glimpses of against the Warriors to get him into that spot. It was almost not enough against the Warriors that definitely would – is not, you know, contending for a championship this year at least. But I think for me at least, it's it's the Grizzlies are doing, they're on their way of building a franchise. They've done very good job. They got John Morant. They got Jackson Jr. They're putting pieces together, but it's not their time. And I think it's solely because it's not to discredit what they're doing per se, but it's to just say how dominant the Jazz have been this year. Remember, they went on a 22-game win streak this year. They can, they're can they doing things that only the great teams do. So it's not that the, the Grizzlies are bad, per se. It's just this is going to not be a series because the Jazz are going to be not so saying, dominant. I'm not saying they're winning the series either, but my, I mean, even Mike Conley over there is, you know, he knows all the tricks and shits to him, dude. I don't know what's going on. I'm not saying they're winning the series. I'm just saying talking game one right here. We're in the first quarter. It's 20 up. Who knows what can happen? I totally agree with you. I think I and I think that the Grizzlies making the playoffs, winning those two games, it was them or the Spurs. And that they were talking about both of those teams were very eager to make it to the playoffs because that would define what which kind of franchise direction that both of those teams were going in. Right. For the Spurs right now out of the playoffs, I don't, it's, no one's looking at them, right? It's, everyone's, they're cleaning out the lockers today. (laughs) Grizzlies are in the playoffs and it looks good for that team on paper and it looks good for them just as a franchise with the coach getting into the playoffs and everything else. I agree. I think I agree a lot. And I think it's a good enough experience, especially playing this Jazz team that is so good this year for John Morant to get his first year in the, of playoff experience against a very good team in the Jazz. And it will only help him and kind of build some fire and knowing how what, what playoff atmosphere is all about, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that. Um, I want to talk about next, probably my favorite series, obviously the most, now that we know that the game's been played, kind of the most exciting series, at least story-wise of 
Suns taking the first game over the Lakers. Let's fucking go, type. Hey, deal. it's the battle of the hurt shoulders. LeBron James <laughs> versus CP3. <laughs> there you go. But I think, I think, so I, I kind of made this take, and I'll, I'll still stand by this. But I think it is. I want to mention that it's kind of unfortunate that Suns got this draw. Um, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. Last time they did, Steve Nash shout out that squad over there, mm-hmm. um, losing to the you know, the Lakers led by Kobe Bryant. But this is the first time they made a playoffs in 10 years. And to match up against the reigning defending champions in the Lakers, I just don't think it's fair because I don't think they're going to win this series. Great to see that they got the win in game one, but it's just not – I don't see it kind of – I don't know. I don't see it working out and them actually beating the Lakers. I mean – Maybe when it's all said and done, once the series over, I'll, I'll look back and be like, "Damn, they actually did it." But I don't think this is this is their time either. Kind of like the Grizzlies, first year for Devin Booker getting in the playoffs. Come on now, let's. You know, I think I, I I think this game or I think this series could go to six or seven, despite yeah. a, despite the Lakers' championship pedigree. Like I was saying, they are very vulnerable this year, and people. People could easily take care of the Lakers. We see it, right? So, like, the Suns are fully healthy, and the Lakers' two biggest stars are not 100%. I don't know, man. It's like the Lakers, pretty much all their percentages went down, right? This game one was a test pretty much to see who has the better offense because they still didn't know what each other were going to come at each other with. Now you hit the, you know, you hit the game plan, you hit game for next game. And even the next one after that, I think it changes up every single game, but the Lakers this year, they do have the best, what defensive efficiency rating, not letting anybody score past 107 points on an average, but it's the matter of fact that they had so many more second chance opportunities last year. They shot, they shot better behind the uh, three point line. They don't do that this year. Drummond is a wash to me. I don't think Marcus Saul was the first person they kind of signed in the offseason, even sees the floor. He's hanging out with Jared Dudley over there. And I just I don't I don't see the Lakers. And I put a fucking bet on it last night that the Lakers would win the finals. I don't even see that happening. I don't even see the Lakers making it to the finals. Hot take from last week. (laughs) Hot take from last week. And I kind of retract my hot take a little bit. Suns Western Conference Finals. I put a poll up on IG and I was like, who's, what do you, where, how far do you think the Lakers will go? Surprisingly, a lot of people said Suns are kicking them out first round. See, I, I just, it's one of those things really truly is I won't believe it and I can't get behind it until it happens. And I will give all the credit of the, in the world to the Suns. And I think they're a good team, but until it happens, I can't be able to sit here and say, yeah, they won game one. It's over now. The Lakers right, aren't right. going to come back and, you know, give them the business. But I do want to to know, I think, shout out to Aiden. Um, he got mic'd up for this game. It was actually really cool to actually hear him kind of talk throughout the game. I didn't think he had as much personality as he did because when he plays, he doesn't have he, – he looks like a quiet, just like mm-hmm. get the job done. He was right. out there. <laughs> he made me laugh at a couple of points. Yeah. But I think he's the key – kind of the key, I guess, cog in the sun's wheel. Yes, we know what we're going to get from CP3. We're going to know what you're going to get from Devin Booker um, and kind of the role players, I guess. You got Johnson out there. You got, I don't know who to, uh, Cameron Payne, too. Shout out getting ejected, RIP. 
Tennessee boy. I, I like that. Show him what's up. But Aiden is going to be the, the key cog to the success because he's going to have to limit AD to right. just contain him. Obviously, you can't slow him down. We saw AD kind of struggle a little bit more today, but just limit the production of AD. And if you can just limit it and make it a little harder for him each and every game, you'll see that on the back end of he'll like be tired once it comes right. to game six and stuff like that. But as always, I think it's the role players for both team. And now Lakers, come on now. Kuzma. I just, I, I, yeah, Kuzma, those other guys, Caruso's playing ball right now. I will say that. I like Caruso's Pope, game a lot. Caldwell Pope, I, I Caldwell Pope is showing up, dude. No, he missed two three-pointers that could have changed this game and they could have. Fair enough, but I still don't. I'm not going to count KCP out because the way that he's been playing ball too, I'm with that. You know, he's there. He's doing his same because there were a lot of there were a lot of points in this game where he was one dribble, pull up, smooth shot, confident. We're talking about bigs right now. And and when I'm thinking about bigs comparing these two teams and when I'm talking about who has the better offense and the Lakers have a great defense, you talk about Aiden. Sure, he was the best man on the floor today. But when I compare the two teams, it's a three on one. It's Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, AD against a DeAndre Aiden. And if you want to call Sarge a big, that guy is just a body on the floor. Um, I, I think it's I think it's about bigs. And I think that's where the Lakers save themselves a lot of the time going into the rest of this postseason. However far they do get, it's their size advantage. And that should loom large against against this Phoenix Suns team. Don't matter if they're young, don't matter if they're old case or CP3 is a fucking guard. He ain't getting down there. So it's all about second chance, just like the Blazers Nuggets. It's all about second chance and third chance opportunities. And I think with the Lakers making their living in the paint, they should drive against this Phoenix Suns teams. That is pretty bad at defense. They're 20 ranked 24th in opponent field goal percentage at the rim. So I think that is the biggest difference in this series. I'm not saying the Phoenix Suns will go to the Western conference finals. Cause I don't think that's realistic. That was my take. I retracted. I don't think they're, I don't think they're losing to the Phoenix Suns but they better be careful. I think it could go to a game six or seven and then LeBron and AD better wake up because I think those other key players need to step up as well. There's LeBron's too slow. He, he's not quick. AD can't really do anything. We saw it today and misses shots and that gets in his head. He's kind of a soft dude. I think AD is kind of soft mentality wise. And there's got to be somebody on that team, like a Rondo from last year, or like a Dwight Howard that pumps them up. They need personality, more personality on that team. I think to go forward and someone's, Someone's got to do it. Right. I do want to mention real quick, though, before we get into the next uh, series, uh, be don't I mean, don't discredit and, and keep your eye on Chris Paul's injury uh, to his shoulder. Obviously, a lot worse than LeBron's shoulder um, where he actually Chris Paul pulled down his shoulder. But Chris Paul, when he came back, he went to the locker room, came back into the floor. He was really laboring that shoulder and couldn't even dribble with it. Sometimes he would dribble in his opposite hand and it's just a contusion. Yeah. I would just mm -hmm. think that might play a factor into kind of the, you know, what's next for the Suns in this matchup in game two, but be, keep your eye on, on that one because as we know, Chris Paul usually gets hurt in the playoffs. So it could be a bigger <laughs> thing than he leads on to, but that's a good one. Uh, let's talk about the Celtics and the Nets. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, get the brooms out. I'm getting my Charles Barkley shit again. Get them brooms out. Yeah. And sweep away because these, these Celtics ain't got a prayer. 
<laughs> they nah, don't have I mean, a prayer. They don't. I, I will I will say that it was a close game in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, game one of the series showed us a lot. It just showed us how dominant these Nets are. You know, it's it's a big three problems. They have a super franchise about to come their way here, if not already. And they're coming at you in all angles. KD 32-12, Kyrie 29-6, Harden 29-9-8. Yo, I mean, you got Jalen Brown's season injury. You know, it really hurts the Celtics. Obviously, we've been talking about that 24-7, and Tatum has to score more than just 23 points, and you need other key players on that team. The Nets have won eight straight playoff games against the Celtics and are 9-2 and two, uh, with a six-game victory in the 2002 Eastern Conference Finals going all the way back to when the Celtics had that team. And it's the Nets' highest and the Celtics' lowest winning percentage against an opponent in the postseason. So we can, we can pull up numbers where as well as that, and we can talk about this all day, but yeah, I, Nets to the finals. Yeah, uh, that's how it's. I mean, these are two K numbers here. There's no way, no one's. I don't care if they don't play defense. There's no way anybody is outscoring. The only guys. other person on that team to score in double digits for the Nets was Joe Harris. <laughs> yeah, and he had ten. <laughs> yeah, ten. Yeah, he barely made it, man. He barely made it. I mean, Nets look dominant. They just that's a team them. where you just don't even need the other key players. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you got maybe like Blake Griffin like up there, but another body on the floor. We'll see what happens in the next series with the Nets. Then we'll yeah. talk about this. Probably the only time we're going to talk about the Nets. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Wizards and the 76ers. <laughs> this is, again, this is a series where, kind of like the Lakers, where I just kind of see them winning this series. I think when it's all said and done, basically, at the end of the day, the 76ers, I'm going to look down, and the 76ers are going to be in the second in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. It's just easy enough for that. And this is also another kind of mirroring team like the Clippers, for me at least, is if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that the duo between Embiid and Simmons, that is going to have to be broken up, just kind of like the Clippers, because obviously something doesn't work. And with them having... The easiest road to me, at least, uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals, they have to do it this year, and they're expected to. If not, something would it be after they win this series? Is it the winner of the Hawks and Knicks, or is it no? It's the uh, no. They play the winner of the Hawks and the Knicks. Gotcha. And then there, and then it would be the Nets. Yeah. So they have to get there this year. There's no. I mean, you can't just not get there. So. For I don't me, know if I necessarily agree with the whole broken up thing because, quite honestly, I don't know if that works, especially with a team that hasn't really been number one all season in the East, and now they are. It just seems like with you know Doc Rivers and all these new guys, and then now it seems like they're figuring it all out. I think if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't. I don't think that's a. Bro- I don't think it's a breakup. Maybe try another season with that because that would just be like, okay, let's start over with a new guy, and then okay, Embiid. I think they add another better piece to those two guys, right? You pretty much tell the whole fucking roster out that trying to get a third guy. <laughs> I don't think they break them up. I mean, if Tobias Harris is going for thirty-seven every night, I mean, there's no need to. If he's going to be this right. dominant, that's right. your they, third player. Right. They have the team. They have the team. I don't think anything changes with that team if if they don't go to the finals this year okay. or go to the eastern conference finals you know because there's just so you there, it's so open this this postseason so you just don't know uh, but again I, I just want to shout out the wizards for fucking making the play i'll say it a point six point zero six per chance uh percentage chance of making it 
So yeah, I wrote a blog about it. Fuck it. Go ahead. Get you. Yeah, you better. <laughs> we haven't we haven't written a blog in about <laughs> three months, but that was one of them that I wrote. I said, don't sleep on don't, don't count the wizards out just yet. Shout out to our guy G Mats out there, you know, getting some playoff experience. And it's my whole thing. I mean, it was a it was a close game up until the last five minutes of the game. And yeah. so that's a whole nother thing with the 76ers. You look at them out there and they they're still just kind of figuring it out. They don't really have it all just yet. So, I mean, I it's think, Russ, I think it's just, it's I think, for me, it's Russ not being a true point guard who can't score the ball. He's a terrible shooter and you can go back and I get the game winners and everything else. But that last shot where Beal gave it up and gave it to Russ and then Russ is shooting the corner three and then he tries to act like he gets fouled and like the, the follow through <laughs> is what I don't get that. I don't get that about him. So, I mean, they're losing the series, but. I love Russell Westbrook. I love him for real, but like on some, you know, some other shit, but shoot the ball, man. Like, come on, bro. Make some shots out here and you might get a game in. All right. Well, let's talk about the last series uh, in this first round real quick to wrap up. Um, Hawks Knicks. I think this is probably, I, I classify it as the least exciting, but the most important series in terms of, for me, at least, I don't think whoever wins this series doesn't get, you know, into Eastern Conference Finals. No chance. 76ers will roll them. But the, this is this Hawks team is the team that I wrote about, talking about shot on blogs in the first of the season, that they're going to make and turn heads in this playoffs. And they did just that with uh, the winner in game one with Trey Young hitting that lab, like with one second left, basically, to beat. The Knicks in the garden. So I like it. I think Julius Randle, he's going to be the most improved player this year, showed that he needs to step up and, and become a superstar for this Knicks team. And mm-hmm. both of these organizations basically need this series to keep a momentum um, in terms of the building process going in the right direction. Uh, <clears throat> if the Knicks win this, they're, you know, can maybe get a possible another superstar added to that roster and be in contender and if the Hawks can do it they made a lot of they made the most moves this offseason to get players on that team to build and run and help these younger guys on that team so I think I think either way this this is going to be the best series for momentum in terms of building a franchise to get a win in the playoffs this could be the series to watch but there's other, so many other series out there, and I'm, I won't, you know, back up what the series watches the Bucks Heat. But this, it came down to one shot, and right. you, I loved watching this game. I know you were out in dinner for a second, but I was watching the second half of this game, and it got fucking rowdy in there, dude. And like those guys, the key players, Alec Burks, out of nowhere, that dude's a fucking stud. <laughs> D Rose, stud that Randall, like you know. Come on now. I don't know, man. I kind of love seeing this right now. And I don't, I don't, I, this could go to a series of game five or six or, or even seven, I think six or seven, but I mean, they were getting rowdy in there and I love to see that. I think the Knicks are on the, on the come up for sure. It's just another team like the Grizzlies. That's, that's inexperienced and young, but you get to that playoff and you, you get, you get that experience. It's more respect on your name. And, and shout did, out Nate McMillan on the other side, too. Great coach for the Hawks. All right. year they've been fucking balling. And I think it's good for both of these teams that are kind of building to play another team like them in this situation of building 
And whoever wins this series has got a leg up saying, hey, we beat you guys last year. What are you going to do about it? Are you are you going to add players? What What's the deal? So it just is a kind of just a momentum boost um, in terms of building, for me at least, you know, going to the next steps and, and trying to actually compete, especially with young guys like a Trey Young um, that haven't had that, you know, next level playoff experience in terms of playing for something to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, which for me, I think the Hawks will close the series out for the Knicks. Um, probably will go seven. Hopefully it'll go seven because it'd be fun to watch at least, right? Because that game was entertaining. At least the last two minutes of it was. Right. Yeah, no, it totally was. And the Hawks are the most improved team this year, coming from the literal bottom last year, right? right. So great for them. Well, I'll, I'll keep tuned for that. And shout out Knicks fans. There was something about how Knicks fans sold the first two, sold out the first two playoff games already. And you got James Harden on an Instagram video here talking about how they can't even sell the Brooklyn, sell out Brooklyn Nets. He'll pay for half of the seats or whatever. If you're fully vaccinated. I mean, they were doing the whole, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's fucking go. What are we at a soccer game right now, dude? They were doing that when the even when the Knicks guys, Taj Gibson, was like shooting the free throw. They were getting whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, <laughs> okay, fuck it. They don't even care anymore. They're just glad to be drunk in that arena again for a minute. The New um, York Knicks are are built different out there. The <laughs> they Knicks are built, built different. Stay my ass out of the way. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick, uh, quick, quick, quick. Um, just kind of recap in terms of predictions of who you got uh, for the Eastern Conference Finals. What's your matchup for the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, it's for me, Eastern Conference, it's got to be what? Nets, 76ers. Right. I got Nets, 76ers for sure. Um, and then Western Conference, I'm going to throw my Mavericks in there with the Lakers. I think they'll get it done in terms of just, I think they'll get past the Jazz if they can get to them um, and take care of the Clippers. And hopefully they can get in there and, and beat the Lakers. I guess that was our basketball-filled episode. We haven't yeah. talked about the basketball for a full episode in a while. But, I mean, I guess with that, this week's episode is going to come to a wrap. Um, shout out to getting your merch. Andy got this new our T-shirt, uh, MJ versus Jordan T-shirt. It looks cool. I might have to snag me one, too. Instead of on the sweatshirt, on the T-shirt, I like it. But yeah, it's getting hot down here in Nashville, ninety degrees. Yeah, it's getting. Um, it's gonna be a hot boy summer, brother. <laughs> but, Minus the hot boy. If you want to keep up with us daily, go ahead and go over to our social media at Man to Man Podcast on all social platforms. But with that, man, I'm gonna namaste these fools out of here. All right, namaste to you guys. Namaste, namaste. Uh, Laker Nation. Sheesh! Only in the night It ain't about nothing I'm straight hustling